This is our 2019 broadcast here from the McPherson Parks Department. It's the annual Veterans Day program and a little cold outside but warm in here. If you didn't make it down, uh, thanks for tuning in here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Good morning. Welcome to Veterans Day 2019. Today is set aside to honor all men and women who have worn and now wear the uniforms of the military uniforms of this great nation, both during peacetime and in war. I'm Dan Hervey, Chairman of the McPherson Area Veterans Committee, and once again, I'm honored to serve as the Master of Ceremonies for this occasion. We're here today to honor all of our military veterans. This is our opportunity to say thank you for your service. Our invocation today will be by Carl Casey, American Legion Post 24 Chaplain. I would ask you to stand and remain standing for the national anthem performed by our McPherson High School Band under the direction of Kyle Unruh. Veterans are allowed by law and are encouraged to render the hand salute. Mr. Casey. Before the prayer, I have a comment to make. Our speaker today grew up here in McPherson, out on Eastmore Drive, just a block and a half from the house that I lived in. And so during his high school years, I had kind of a chance to observe him now and then. But it gives me a great inside feeling to know that my former neighbor kid, boy, now a man, decided to come back and help us with this service. Welcome home, Zach. Oh, excuse me. Welcome home, Lieutenant Colonel Zach. Okay, now, now for our prayer. Please remove all hats and caps and join me in this prayer. Our Heavenly Father, today we are celebrating and honoring our veterans, worthy men and women who did their best when they were called upon to serve and protect their country. We pray that you will bless them for their unselfish service in the continual struggle to preserve our freedom, our safety, and our country's heritage to benefit all of us. Bless them abundantly for the hardships they faced, for the sacrifices they made, for the many different contributions to America's victories over tyranny and oppression. We respect them. We thank them. We honor them. We are proud of them and pray that you will watch over these special persons and bless them with peace and happiness. Father, since we are gathered here with one mind to bless these veterans, we want to lift up to you those men and women who are presently serving in the armed services because they are experienced in the combat work that they are involved with and many will soon be true veterans of our country as they return to civilian life. 
Father, we are blessed and honored to have as our special guest, Lieutenant Colonel Zach Mills, and we ask that you bless him and his family in the days that lie ahead. Family members are extremely important in the lives of our servicemen and women. We ask a blessing for everyone in attendance today, veterans, family members, friends, Legion Color Guard, VFW Rifle Squad, the Bugler, the high school band, and especially the committee headed by Dan Hervey that's planned this meeting. A little later in our program, we will be served a meal by persons who have volunteered their services. Bless these persons and bless the food that has been paired. May the nutritious value of this food fulfill the needs our bodies for the next few hours. These comments and requests I lift up to you in your holy name. Amen. Hand salute. Be seated. We would like to recognize all of our veterans today. And the first group, if we have any, I want to recognize are any that are currently serving on active duty. Do we have anyone here that's on active duty? They're pointing to somebody back there. Let's give him a hand. I know that we have some veterans in attendance and have served in more than one branch. So would you stand for each branch as it is called? The oldest and the largest branch of our armed forces is the United States Army. If you are an Army or National Guard veteran, 
please stand to be recognized. Thank you. If you served in the U.S. Marine Corps, would you please stand to be recognized? If you are a U.S. Navy veteran, would you please stand to be recognized? If you are a veteran of the United States Coast Guard, would you stand to be recognized? Not this year. Some years we do. Once known as the U.S. Army Air Corps, the U.S. Air Force became a separate branch of the military in 1947. If you served in the Army Air Corps, the U.S. Air Force, or the Air National Guard, would you please stand to be recognized? The Merchant Marines was made up of civilians and used mainly during times of war. If you served in the Merchant Marines, would you please stand? Some years we have some, not this year. We have some other heroes that I think we need to recognize. While we were off serving our country, our spouses and our parents were home trying to get along without us. If you are the spouse or the parents of a veteran, would you please stand? We also have a number of people here that have been honored to go to Washington, D.C. under the Honor Flight Program to see their memorials. I would like to ask the Honor Flight recipients that have been to please stand. The Honor Flight program is an excellent program, but it needs our funding. Currently, it takes $800 to send one veteran to Washington, D.C. So if you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, I would ask you to see Judy Casey, Tom Frankenfield, Jim LaDuke, or myself. And also, I do have some applications with me today for anyone interested in Honor Flight or as the guardian. The guardian fee is $800 and the guardian pays for that themselves. At this time, I'm going to call on our bagpiper, Lonnie Liljergren, and we will listen to Amazing Grace on the bagpipes.
I personally want to thank Lonnie because not only does he do this for Veterans Day, he's always at our Memorial Day service for us as well. So thank you, Lonnie. Lonnie's a Vietnam veteran. At this time, it's my pleasure to introduce U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Zach Mills. Many of you know Zach because he grew up here in McPherson and he graduated from McPherson High School in 1990. He is the son of Bill and Peggy Mills. He graduated from K-State in 1994 with a BA in biology and a BA in life sciences. He continued his education and received his Bachelor of Science in veterinary science in 1997 and his doctor of veterinary medicine in 1999. Since then, he has worked on his PhD in epidemiology at Colorado State University, received his business certificate as a veterinary global health leader at Wharton Business School at the University of Pennsylvania, and just this year, he earned the Master of Business Administration, his MBA, from the University of Georgia. Dr. Mills joined the U.S. Army Reserve in 2003 as a member of the Veterinary Corps. His first assignment was with the 993rd Vet Med Detachment in Aurora, Colorado. He then served with distinction with the 5502 U.S. Army Hospital and spent five years supporting the Central Pacific Veterinary Command in Honolulu, Hawaii. In 2007, he transferred to the 432nd Civil, Air, Civil Affairs Battalion in Green Bay, Wisconsin as their function specialty team veterinarian and deployed with them to Camp Freedom in Iraq, where he authored the Multinational Division Baghdad Joint Common Plan for Animal Health and Agriculture. Subsequently, he served with the 402nd CA Battalion in Puerto Rico and the 450th CA Battalion in Maryland, where he trained and is now a qualified paratrooper. From there, he served with the 304th CA Brigade in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and currently serves with the 352nd Civil Affairs Command 
preventive medicine veterinarian at Fort Meade, Maryland. In his civilian life, Dr. Mills is the head of the U.S. Pet Veterinary Professional Services for Boehringer Ingelheim, the second largest animal health company in the world. HeartGuard and NextGuard are just two of the company's products. Now, Zach is married to Lori, who also is a veterinarian, and they have two daughters, ages 15 and 13. In his free time, he has helped coach them in swimming and mountain biking. He has many more accolades I could talk about. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of our own, Lieutenant Colonel Zach Mills. Thank you and good morning. It's an extreme pleasure to have received the invitation about a year ago from Dan and from Jim LaDuke. So on behalf of uh, the Ameri or the McPherson Area Veterans Committee, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. To stand in front of everybody today in my hometown of McPherson means more than anything. Sitting directly in front of me are my parents, Bill and Peggy Mills. Thank you both for being here. Slight tears from the front row, as understood. But it's more than that. I see friends out in the audience, Jim LaDuke. I see Clint Smith, who spoke last year. I see Missy Schmidt. It's because this is a tight-knit community. It's one in which we know each other. It's one in which we look out for each other. We can look left and right. My aunt and uncle in the, in the uh, audience as well and more souls, teachers of mine as I grew up and I was here. As I look across, I see even more. Becky, thank you for being here as well. And it's, it's to be able to stand here and talk about this. And at the end of the talk today, I want to have a small call to action, a call to action that I implore upon you to work with me and everybody that's in this room to make a difference. As Kansans, as we stand here today, as we look forward from a military perspective and we want to continue to drive the message home to the children of today that this is a career option and it's a good career option. It gives people purpose, it gives people training, and allows people to give back to society. In 2003, I was approached by a military recruiter for the U.S. Army Reserve. And my entire career outside of being in Baghdad, I've been in the Army Reserve. I didn't even know that this was necessarily a viable option. After veterinary school, I looked at a lot of different potential military careers, but there were other things that I had to accomplish personally within my civilian life. So in 2003, when I was approached by an Army Medical Department recruiter and spoke about the options for being a veterinarian in the military, it piqued my interest. I said, tell me more. What can I do? What are my options that are out there? And the more we spoke, the more I became interested in being a part of that. And it wasn't my first exposure to the military, mind you. Military runs deep in our family, from grandfathers on both sides, uncles, cousins, and more. It's deep. I will say, however, primarily dominated by the Navy, we've come over to the good side. <laughs> or, or dare I say the other side. We're all in the same team. 
Honestly, I, I did look at the Navy first. The reason I went to the Army is that as a veterinarian, uh, there was no uh, vet corps in the Navy at the time. There still isn't. Um, all of the, the dogs and everything else that we, we teach, uh, take care of, we in the Army take care of them all. There are also veterinarians that take place in or have positions in the Air Force. But again, we, they're all public health. In the Army, we're taking care of all of the animals. So if I wanted to go in as a veterinarian, this was my choice. So I give the Navy a hard time, but this was my this was my career option at the time. Speaking with the uh, recruiter, uh, I was living in Denver, Colorado at the time, and uh, did sign up. And so my career started right there. And as Dan so eloquently stated in uh, my nice bio, I, I joined a unit that was right uh, in, in in Denver doing veterinary treatment. But then I moved into a U.S. Army facility, and this is a pretty interesting career option as a veterinarian. Now I'm the single veterinarian that's in a hospital unit. And what does a veterinarian in a hospital unit do? Well, not too much. <laughs> what we actually do is uh, our backfill position was to Tripler Army Medical Center, and that's in Honolulu, Hawaii. Tripler's backfill at that time was the Korean mission, so it's all staged as we move forward. And our mission was to start to backfill as a veterinarian into the, the, the Pacific Command to be able to go when it was necessary. And for five years, it allowed me to work with every of the installations across Hawaii and even had invitations to go to Kwajalein. And one of the most interesting things that you will see is that the dolphins that are out there at uh, Kaneohe Bay or K-Bay are even cared for by the veterinarians that are there. So not my specialty, but it's a pretty cool job. And so being in the, the theme of a very cool job, when I got the opportunity to go to Iraq in 2007, I moved from the medical department over into civil affairs. And civil affairs is a different world. Um, in the, uh, the medical side, we take care of dogs and we do food inspection. Who knew that veterinarians took care of the food inspection? Anybody? One. You know why we do it? This is a Department of Defense directive, and it's a pretty cool thing because as trained pathologists, we're trained to see what good looks like versus not good. And when the troops are out and down range, we want to make sure that they get good. And so they've tasked all the veterinary corps to do the food inspection. So it's actually the primary mission of the veterinarians on the Army side. The other side is to take care of the military working dogs that might be taking care of the ceremonial horses or other animals and the dolphins in Hawaii. The other side of the veterinarians is on civil affairs. And I got the opportunity to do this with a deployment. And the civil affairs mission to me is outstanding because it gives us an opportunity to leverage our skills in a different way. And what way is that? Well, we work with policy and we provide guidance to the command and we work with ministries and we are the liaisons to non-governmental and governmental organizations. We become the de facto subject matter experts for everybody as a veterinarian from Kansas State, from McPherson. We become the experts in animals and agriculture for everybody. And why is that important? Why is agriculture important? And I'll tell you that when in, anytime we go downrange, anytime we're working in a country that is an other than first world country, one of the most important things that they deal with are their animals. This is currency. And if the US military can come in and be an agricultural and animal advisor to any of these people, we become an asset. We become somebody that they want to turn to. We become their trusted advisor. And that's our role. Many people don't realize that veterinarians are even in the military, but our role is down and in the weeds and specialize. And we work side by side. When I was in Iraq, 
I work with all branches, and I work side by side with the Iraqi soldiers. We provided the care, and we worked with the veterinarians that were local to create a new economy for them. Standing up an entire population and changing it from where everything is given to you, which is the way it was under Saddam Hussein, and trying to build a capitalist society, that's a neat trick, and we're a part of it. And we get that training here, and it's part of that proud heritage. Again, this call to action that's coming. It's about what we do and what the possibilities are to be able to be out there. So throughout my time in Iraq when I was there, we got to do a lot of really cool things. We did vaccinations for goats, vaccinations and deworming for sheep. We helped stand up veterinary practices, identifying different people and, and the, the way to make things done. And I will say that the stories that you hear in the United States and the stories that you were hearing when I was there, they didn't always align. People will ask me, did the people appreciate you when you were there? And I will say with 100% conviction, they loved having us. They knew who we are. We were their partner and we were there to do good. And they appreciated it. And so whatever you hear, I will tell you today that the US Army, US military, when we are downrange, we make a difference at the lives of the people on the ground, the lives that matter. We provide the subject matter expertise to the ministries. I work side by side with the University of Baghdad's Veterinary College. We provided equipment that they needed and expertise. We brought in subject matter experts from the Department of um, the State, USAID, so um, specialists from Texas A&M University and others from around the globe to be able to give them what they needed as well. And it's because of the unique connections that we in the civil affairs side have back with our civilian careers. We are the subject matter experts. We want to be there and to be able to deliver that. And this is a really nice opportunity for anybody as a career option. My civilian side is fantastic. I've been a veterinarian in private practice. I've been a veterinarian at, at Colorado State University. I speak uh, across the United States and occasionally around the world on, on the opportunities, not only for veterinarians, but veterinarians within the military. And, and when I'm able to do that and bring that and tie these two careers together, it's just something special that very few people have the opportunity to be a part of. It makes me very proud. So to be able to come back into McPherson and looking out with friends, family, veterans, spouses, everybody who's here, distinguished guests, the band who's in the back and playing the, the music for us, this is an opportunity to think about the military as a career option, whether it's in the reserves or whether it's in the active duty side. So with that, I would say that in 1973, the Council of Foreign Affairs started collecting data on how many people were in the military. And in 1973, 2.2 million people active. The latest data that I had from 2016, 1.29 million active duty. The numbers are down. Uh, the primary uh, components within that, Army, takes up about a third of it. The Air Force and the Navy are each about a quarter, and the balance is with the Marines. And that's where we sit today with numbers decreasing. It's okay. Numbers go up and numbers go down. We need to be prepared. We need to spend our money frugally, and we need to make sure that we have a cadre of people that is ready to train the next set of soldiers that are coming through. But it's those next set of soldiers that does concern me a little bit. Where are those next soldiers coming from? We're going to look at enlisted soldiers ages 18 to 24. These are the young ones and these are the ones that we have some data on. One of the things Dan mentioned is that I have training in epidemiology. This is your epidemiology lecture for the day. So what is epidemiology? 
It's a study of populations. So we're looking at the populations of 18 to 24 year olds. What we're trying to do is bring the 18 to 24 year old people and give them the background of what it takes to be in the military. Why do we want to do that? Because we need to be prepared for tomorrow brings and the day after tomorrow for our children and their children's children. And as proud Kansans, we need to do our part. And everybody who's in the room right now, you know this. And we have a tendency to talk to each other about the importance of the military and the military as a career. But what we need to do is be able to take that same message and share it outside. The main states that contribute 18 to 24 year old soldiers, enlisted personnel to the military are the big ones. California, Texas, Florida, New York, Georgia. These are the big ones. Kansas sits in the bottom third, but then again, our population is a little bit lower. But that's okay, we can normalize the data. It's what epidemiologists might do. We want to look at it apples to apples. If the populations of California and Texas outweigh us, of course they're going to have more soldiers coming. But even when we normalize the data across the board, Kansas falls below the 50th percentile, albeit not very far, but we don't even meet the average right now. So that means that we're not contributing as many 18 to 24 year old young soldiers as an opportunity, as a career for tomorrow's military. This is my call to action for you. What does it mean for us? What are we going to do and what can we do? The reason we're all here is because we have a proud military history. We know that. The people that supported us continue to support us. We're already here. What we need to be able to do is understand where the military is today where it is tomorrow and where it's going to be in the future, to learn about it and educate ourselves about cyber, to learn about the Space Force, to understand the needs and predict those and talk to our friends about the opportunities that lie. And whether it's going through and enlisting, whether it's looking at becoming a warrant officer, any branch is good, ROTC, direct commissions, there are so many ways that are out there. But it's because of the military and my civilian career that it's given me something that many people around me just will never see. The ability to touch lives and the ability to change lives. And it started here in McPherson. And so as I stand here today, think about those young souls that you know or friends that have children that are coming up that are growing and talk to them about your military career. This morning from eight to 10, we were at breakfast at the Allegiant. The stories that I heard, the pictures that I saw, the memories that were conveyed, they touched lives and people want to hear those, they want to be a part of it, but they're never going to hear it unless we do our job to reach out. And so with that, I turn back to you and say, thank you for allowing me to be here. Let's promote the military and do everything that we can. Thank you, Dan, and thank you to the McPherson Veterinarians Committee. Thank you. Thank you. Dan has asked me to, to, if I want to say anything about my family, and, and uh, naturally, as a father, I'm very proud of my young girls. So if you bear with me for just a few minutes, I will brag on them, because that's what parents do. So my wife's a veterinarian um, in, uh, in Georgia as well, but my, my girls, my youngest uh, is named uh, Emmy Mills, and, the, the, uh, and she's in eighth grade. I have a sophomore in high school, and her name is Kalea Mills. And these girls are amazing. 
because when we grew, they were born in Denver, Colorado, and they were riding bikes and running and swimming before many people were able to even look at a bike. We started doing triathlon when the girls, when the youngest was three and the oldest one was five. And as my career advanced across the United States, one of the things that they did is they both qualified for the Iron Kids National Competition. We stopped in Iowa and competed, and the older daughter got 29th in the United States, and the younger daughter got eighth in the United States in triathlon. These are kids. We moved on up to Boston. They continued their triathlons in the New England Kids Triathlon, first and second place. Very proud father. Not only this, academically, I'd like to say straight A's, the younger one is now, I know, this is the important parts, um, uh, is starring as Elsa in Frozen at this winter's production, so singing and dancing in the arts, but we just also finished the mountain biking season for Georgia. And my uh, younger daughter finished third in the state in eighth grade, and my older daughter as a sophomore took first place in Georgia. So she is a state champion mountain biker. So as a proud father, those girls, and I will add, also know about the military as an option. So with that, thank you again. Thank you, Zach. Fabulous speaker. Um, in just a minute, I'm gonna give the rifle team a second to get assembled and outside. We're going to be um, conducting our Rifle salute for our deceased veterans. While they're getting ready, I would like to say that the USD 418 public schools were going to come downtown and watch the parade, which didn't happen. Um, we made that decision on Friday to call it. I have not heard a single complaint this morning that they didn't get to walk down here. But we do have in attendance the, is it the fifth grade from St. Joseph Catholic School? And they are here. Let's give them a big hand. And if you were listening, kids, you're from McPherson, from McPherson to K State, and then the military. Mine was a little different. I did the military and then came back and got my degree from K-State. So that was my bachelor's. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone that's able to please stand as we and remain standing. We'll do the rifle salute and we will do the chaps with Mark K. Spear. And salute.
two. Please be seated. <clears throat> On behalf of the Veterans Committee, I'd like to thank each one of you for coming today to honor our veterans. But programs like this just don't happen. There's a lot of work, a lot of detail, many hours of preparation go into it. Yes, I've been the chairman for 20 years now, but I have a team, a committee that helps. And I'm going to ask the members of our McPherson Area Veteran Committee to please stand and let's give them a round of applause. And there are a number of people that I need to thank this morning. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank our speaker, Lieutenant Colonel Zach Mills. He just did a marvelous job. I'd like to thank, all right, give him another hand. He deserves it. And I want to thank Carl Casey for doing our, it was a beautiful invocation, Carl. Thank you very much. And also another thank you to Lonnie Lildergan for playing the bagpipes. And a thank you to the members of the McPherson High School Band under the direction of Kyle Unruh and Austin Russell. Now, they're not here this morning, and we thanked them at the Legion, but I do want to mention that the Kindred Hospice provided the free breakfast for veterans this morning from 8 to 10, and they've done that for several years now. So for the listening folks at home, give them a round of applause. <laughs> Sight unseen, but you heard taps by Mark K. Spear. I want to thank Mark. Mark does a lot of taps for our deceased veterans. And I expect he's probably done close to 2,000 by now. But let's give Mark a big thank you. I also want to thank the city commissioners and the city of McPherson for allowing us to use this wonderful facility and for Lauren and all the park department people that clean this up because this is normally the where they park all their tractors and machinery and they get it ready every year for us to use it's what they call their annual field day as us veterans know so let's give them a big big thank you And our sound system, which is nice to be able to hear in here, is provided by Chuck Vetter of Sounds Great Music. But the people I really, really want to extend a thank you to is KNGLKBBE Radio for once again carrying this broadcast live. And thank you to the sponsors that made that possible. Let's give the radio station a big hand. We're about to wind this down, but I would encourage any veteran that's eligible for the VFW or the American Legion to join our local post. 
We have a lot to offer. And if nothing else, your membership helps us as a large lobbying group in Washington to get benefits for our veterans and not just our current veterans, but the future veterans. If it hadn't been for these two organizations lobbying, the Vietnam veterans would not have the benefits from the Agent Orange situation we had in Vietnam, but they also do so much more. So if you're eligible, please, please join one of those posts. Uh, immediately following our dismissal, I invite you to stay for a free chili luncheon that's paid for by my wife and myself, cooked by Wendy's, and served by Trinity Lutheran Church. And finally, I would like to remind everyone to join us at the American Legion tonight at 7 p.m. We're going to have a baked steak dinner, mashed potatoes, green beans, dessert. It's not a carry-in dinner this year. Everything is furnished, so just bring your appetite to the Legion at 7 p.m. And if you didn't get a chance to see the museum display at the American Legion this morning, it's going to be there today and this evening. It's a tremendous collection of military memorabilia of Dennis Brown, and you don't want to miss it. It's, it's really great. And now it's our signature close time. God bless the USA by Lee Greenwood.
apologize. It's emotional. But this does conclude our program for today. I want to thank each and every one of you in attendance for coming. Please stay for the chili feed right after the, the program dismisses. And again, come to the American Legion tonight at 7 p.m. Have a good day. You're dismissed. And as uh, mentioned, we do want to thank our sponsors that uh, made this program uh, possible uh, today here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Farmers Alliance Mutual Insurance Company, Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Vale Henningsen and Headquarters Hair Care, Kansas Bar and Grill, Precision Industries, Ace Plumbing, Heating and Air Conditioning, Calabrese Heating, Headland Electric, Jim's Plumbing, Industrial Electric Company, IEC, also, uh, we want to thank uh, the Fairfield Inn, McPherson and Lindsborg Concrete, Pizza Hut in McPherson, Rinse and Roll Car Washes, and by the way, uh, the 701 location today giving uh, free veterans a car wash today. Just uh, talk to the attendant there, 701 uh, North Main, and that's till 5 o'clock today. Eagle Care Autos on West Kansas Avenue, Easy, McPherson's Bar, 307 North Main, Edinburgh Manor Apartments for those age 55 and older, Stockham Family Funeral Home, RC Heating and Cooling, stay comfortable in any weather, JAR Performance Automotive, State Farm Insurance, Jim LaDuke and Galen Shields, CHS, McPherson Refinery, Alliance Agency in McPherson, Home State Bank, a part of Citizen State Bank, and Johnson Electric. And also a big thanks to uh, Jim Joyner for running our sound today, and also Sean White for setting everything up along with uh, Jim, and uh, Casey Spotted Elk running the board back at the radio station. So thanks to them for making this broadcast uh, possible here on 96.7 FM. With that, uh, we're gonna turn it back to our studio, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and joining us today on Veterans Day here in McPherson.